Hey, Twins fans, Derek Wetmore from the Score North Twins Show here. And if you're just waking up to the news, we've got an emergency Score North Twins Show for you. I talked to Jake DePew about the price the Twins are paying to bring in Kenta Maeda. And I talked to Judd Zulgad about what dealing Brewster Gratterall means for the 2020 Twins and for the future. All kinds of exploration of this reported three-team blockbuster of a trade with a week to go before Twins pitchers and catchers report to spring training. Hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. <laughs> wow. It is the Score North Twin Show, late night edition. I'm Derek Wetmore, joined by Jake DePew. Jake, are you ready for the show introduction? I am ready. Let's hear it. <laughs> Welcome to the Score North AL Central Champs, hoping to defend the crown, went and got Josh Donaldson and just traded a stud pitching prospect for Kenta Maeda Twins Show. How'd I do? You did outstanding. I'm very impressed. I was stunned by this news, Jake. Not in that the Twins were still seeking pitching, but if you're just waking up and uh, rubbing the fog from your eyes, the Twins, late last night it was reported, agreed to a deal that will send pitching prospect Bruiser Gratterall to the Red Sox in a three-team blockbuster of a trade that lands Mookie Betts and David Price in uh, Chavez Ravine, L.A. Like, wow, this is a blockbuster of blockbusters, and to say nothing of the fact that it's one week from spring training, Jake. It's unbelievable. I don't even know where to start. It's funny because, of course, we're going to talk about Maeda and Gratterall, and they're like the fourth and fifth most important (laughs) Complete afterthoughts, yeah. Um, But, yeah, boy, when I saw that on Twitter, I was... I was legitimately stunned. Um, I, I do think this is a great trade for the Twins, and, and we can get into that, but I don't know if you want to give your take first. Um, well, I'm, I'm stunned, and, and I think Falvey and Levine really pulled off a heist here. Well, I really do. So I think you can play both sides of this. Um, I see this side. Uh, Twins fans waking up to the news that one of their favorite pitching prospects is now gone. I I kind of understand being upset about that. At the same time, my take on it, Jake, since you asked, is the Twins are making a win-now move for a guy they think that measurably improves their chances to win the 2020 World Series. I could also see the side from Twins fans who are just ecstatic that they're giving up a piece of the future for a win-now mentality move, that they are uh, sort of pushing their figurative chips into the center of the table here with this deal. Yeah, that's how I thought. I I want to rephrase, because it's not a heist, right? I mean, you you could make an argument that uh, this isn't a great long-term deal for the Twins. Like you just said, Gratterall's a, a very good prospect. To make this move now, they are going all in, and, I mean, every chip is in the middle of the table, right? Because three years from now, this trade could look horrible, and I don't think it matters. I think this is the Twins saying, our window is open. Kenta Maeda will give us more quality innings than Bruce Gratterall would in 2020, and he's going to be a potential piece, not just during the regular season, but a potential number three starter in the playoffs. And I just... I. I guess I understand twin fans who are upset about giving up Gratterall, but honestly, you've been waiting for a long time as a Twins fan 
for them to go all in, to really go all in, and that's always been the criticism. And I think it's been fair. Now they're going all in, right? So you can't have it both ways. Um, you have to give up a lot to get a lot. And in this case, they're giving up a good prospect to, to get a guy who can legitimately help the Twins win the 2020 World Series. I think it's a great move. Kenta Maeda postseason ERA 3.31 in uh, almost 33 innings. Um, I was going to say some in relief, some starting, but he's been primarily a postseason reliever um, with the Dodgers in his four years there. In 2016, he did make some starts, but um, Kenta Maeda is a, is a fascinating arm, is one of those names that I... I don't know if he's well-known enough around baseball for how good he's been. Let's do this, Jake. Let's let's save Maeda analysis for a minute. Let's first talk about Brewster Gretel, because you cover um, the Twins and minor league baseball for Score North, and you've been talking about this guy, Gretel, for a long time. Um, for the Twins to just give up on him like this, I know you say you like the move in general, you like it overall. Uh, you got to be a little bit surprised that they're willing to give up a stud pitching prospect like when he was seemingly ready to break onto the scene and help the big league club. I am I am a little surprised. There's no question. And he's a very good prospect. But when I look at Gratterall, I see a ton of potential, obviously. He throws 100 miles an hour, right? And 101, 102 even. Um, I also see a guy who has already had Tommy John surgery, who missed most of last season, with shoulder issues uh, and is probably transitioning into a reliever role, certainly for 2020 and, and maybe beyond that. His profile sort of screams reliever to me because he's never really been able to get through a full season, um, you know, pitching 140, 150 innings in the minor leagues. I also see him as a guy that strangely doesn't have huge strikeout rate totals. So like his, uh, strikeout rate in the big leagues last year in a small sample size is 25%, but in double-A last year it was only 24.4%, uh, which is not that high. So to compare that to Maeda, Maeda's strikeout rate in the bigs last year was 27.1%. Right? So Maeda had a, had a higher strikeout rate in the big leagues than Gratterall did uh, at double-A. So, I'd, you know, he's a legit prospect. There's no question, and he could turn into a stud, but he could also flame out. Maeda is durable. He's put up good numbers for a long time. And he's a guy that has a lot of postseason experience, and that matters too. Yeah, it does matter. And the other part that's going to matter to the Twins, um, not that money is everything, but it does help start a discussion. And Maeda's under team control. He's on a contract that uh, looks pretty good from an ownership standpoint. Uh, four years left at about $3.125 million per season, according to what, what I've seen at a couple of different spots, Fangraphs, Baseball Prospectus. And uh, that matters a little bit, too, in that the Twins don't have a whole lot locked in in the starting rotation um, moving forward. So, like, yeah, it's a move for this move, uh, for this season, excuse me. But it's also a move kind of for the future. You lock in a guy you think is sort of a, what, a two to three win pitcher mid rotation to back end, um, even as he goes into his 30s here. Because I should mention, um, I, I believe he's 31. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he's going to be, he'll be in his age 32 season this year. Yeah, okay. So it turns 32 in April. And look, so. You see that and you say, well, sure, Gratterall's risky in that he's sort of one of those high-variance arms. Maybe he's an ace. Maybe he's a reliever. Maybe he's just like hardly a big league contributor. We don't know. It's too early to say. Certainly his track looks promising. Um, 
so there's there's risk on the prospect side, but there's also, of course, risk bringing in a 32 year old pitcher and a guy who's uh, he's not been a star. He's a he's a good pitcher, but when fans were looking for impact pitching, Jake, I'm not sure this guy is a is a high high impact pitcher. He's a good pitcher who makes your starting staff deeper and better. He increases your percent chance to win the AL Central and thereby you know go to the playoffs and host some postseason games. I, for that reason, I do like the move for the Twins. Um, but, you know, there's also some risk on their side of the coin, jumping in on this three-team blockbuster deal that maybe Kenta Maeda is not necessarily the pitcher to push them over the top. Um, I I just want to point out that there's risk on both sides, and that's kind of always the case with a trade like this. Yeah, there is risk on both sides, for sure. Um, but Maeda has pitched about 150 innings on average a year, Every year he's been in the bigs, and when he was in the Japanese league, he was pitching 200-plus innings uh, for a few seasons. So he seems like a guy that has sort of a rubber arm. Now, that could break down at any time, obviously. He's a pitcher. You never know. But he does seem to be a very durable guy. And, and let me reframe it a little bit for Twins fans, right? So they're saying, some Twins fans on Twitter at least are saying, like you just said, he's not the star to push them over the top. But if you compare Maeda's numbers to Zach Wheeler's, Maeda is, is a better pitcher statistically than Zach Wheeler in a lot of categories. And if Maeda was on the open market this year, what do you think he would get? Take, keeping in mind that Kyle Gibson got $30 million guaranteed. What do you think Maeda would get, if you had to guess? Yeah, boy. So you got to think his track record's a little bit better than Gibby's. Better strikeout stuff. Just I'm off the top of my head here, but... If Gibson was three and thirty coming off sort of an injury wrecked season, uh, I'd give Maeda Dallas Keuchel money. I'd give him, you know, three and fifty-five, three and sixty, something like that. Absolutely, no question. I, I, I think he might even get more than that. And I know he's in his, you know, early to mid thirties, but again, he compares favorably to Zach Wheeler. He at Dallas Keuchel, a lot of these guys that got huge money that Twins fans would have been thrilled to get. And so I think to get a guy like that, at, I mean, his contract is, I had to do a triple take when I saw his contract. <laughs> $12.5 million over the next four years? Yeah, man, That's he's cheap. absurdly low. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, again, you're right. He's not an ace, but he is a legit number two, number three type. And I think part of the reason that he hasn't been a bigger star is that he's overshadowed. Uh, in L.A. by, you know, Walker Bueller, Rich Hill, who's now on the Twins, uh, and, of course, um, Clayton Kershaw. So, you know, I think if he played for a different team, he might be, you know, a one or a two. But, look, he's a very, very good pitcher. He's probably the second-best pitcher in the rotation right now. And he's virtually, I mean, he, he's cost virtually nothing. Way underpaid, so, yeah. And, and let me just say one more thing real quick. Yeah, man. If you think about their rotation on July 1st, Moving forward, this is the potential rotation. Jose Barrios, Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, Jake Odorizzi, and Michael Pineda is your number five. That's a pretty damn good rotation. That's a top five rotation in the American League to me. I don't know if you agree. Where'd Homer Bailey go? Well, I, that's, I don't think he cracks that rotation. It's an embarrassment of riches, Jake. That's what you're saying. Just say it. <laughs> an embarrassment of riches. And that doesn't include... <laughs> It doesn't include Dobnik. It doesn't include some of these major prospects that could contribute this year, like Jahan Duran, Jordan uh, Belasovic, uh, Lewis Thorpe you could throw in there. I mean, yeah. 
they have a ton of depth now. They still don't have the true number one, and that you can criticize them for that if you want. But they have depth upon depth upon depth. So it like, does, it's just endless. It I, makes me wonder, Jake, because you talked about those guys. I kind of thought the Twins might be okay with their pitching depth going into the season to just try to win the Central, be there on July 15th, and then go trade for, you know, some team, sure, yeah, exactly, perfect, uh, or David Price and get them to eat some money on the deal. I don't know. But it, you go get somebody then to push your rotation over the top for October, not necessarily for the rest of the season. I just, that was my thought process, mm, well, I was going to say a week ago, but heck, 24 hours ago, my thought process was, okay, they're going to go in with the depth play. They're going to try this. They got a bunch of number threes. They got a bunch of number five, sixes, and call that good to go win the Central with the best lineup in the division and say, okay, we'll see where the chips fall in July and we'll be willing to make that big swing when the time comes. That's that's sort of how I was viewing it, Jake. Now it makes me wonder, you got even more depth. You're going to bump. This bumps a guy like Devin Smeltzer or Randy Dobnik or whatever. You know, take your pick of who was going to fill out the 12, 13-man pitching staff starting the season. And it makes me wonder if they're going to try to consolidate some of this pitching now in July and say, all right, here's some quantity for quality team on the rebuild, on the rise. I'm looking at you, Detroit Tigers. Or if the Twins are now just going to say, like, hey, you know what? Hopefully Rich Hill comes back is awesome rich hill sub three era rich hill and at the age of 40 he is our july trade deadline acquisition i I don't know that that's how the twins are thinking but this deal jake does make me wonder how many more chips are going to push in for 2020 uh, or if this is this is their this is their bet and they're saying here we go let's see how it falls this season with this pitching staff as it currently is yeah, I mean, barring injury or, or ineffectiveness from a number of pitchers that you wouldn't expect it from, I, you know, maybe they get another starter. But to me, it's like, I don't. This rotation seems pretty sacked, especially if Hill stays healthy. Rich Hill should basically be wrapped in bubble wrap until like <laughs> September first, and then they should just take him out of like a cryogenic vault, let him pitch his six innings, and put him back in there. Yeah. Like, he's the Robert Ori of the Twins, essentially. <laughs> they only need him in October. But he is such a such a ace in the hole, wild card, whatever terrible uh, phrase you want to use. Um, like, I think people are really sleeping on how good Rich Hill is. Yeah. Like, if you look at his numbers, he's right up there with the best pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. And I get it. He's not healthy very often, but, like, if they can get him to October 1st, man, that's just that playoff rotation is really looking solid to yeah. me. It's just, you know, high risk. That's that's everyone's yeah. yeah, but with Rich Hill is all right, we'll see when he's where he is on August 15th, you know. Right. Oh, for sure. It's a legitimate concern obviously, but I I I don't know. I just they're going for it in a way that we haven't seen the Twins go for it really in our lifetime, Yeah, you know. For sure. And, I view them. I how do you rate them in terms of the best teams in baseball? Because I probably have them number three behind the Yankees and the Dodgers right now. Yeah, Houston's. I don't even know how to rate them. Right, um, they're just off the board. But like, do you see the Twins as a top three, top five team? Um, they'd be in the conversation. I, I'd have to go and do a little bit more analysis on that. But you know, there's some there's some legitimately very good teams at the top end of this, um, and I'm curious to see how hard regression strikes the Twins, if at all it does strike. Um, 
I, let me ask you this, because I agree with you. I think the Twins are among the best teams in baseball. Do I think they're World Series favorites because they traded for Kenta Maeda? No, but should they be in the conversation when we're talking about AL teams that could win the World Series? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the Twins are on that short list. So I guess I'm leading the witness a little bit here, but do you think this makes the Twins favorites to win the AL Central? And I've got a follow-up question for you, too. Yeah, I mean, I think they're clear-cut favorites to win the AL Central. And, and who knows, this might push Cleveland even closer to, to dealing Lindor, uh, you know, now that they're looking at the Twins as, uh, you know, a, a, a clear-cut, pretty obvious favorite. I mean, the White Sox, to me, they're still a year away. They could contend, but I just, it, I, I would have a hard time picking anybody but the Twins in the Central, and I don't think it'll be particularly close at the end of the season. There are a lot of ifs for me with that White Sox team right now, and I don't like a lot of ifs in January, February. Um Okay, so my follow-up question then, Jake, is you talk about this rotation being being very good. This, it seems to me kind of like the anti-Stars and Scrubs approach. Um, can that win in October? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question because when you look at a lot of the teams that go deep in October, I mean, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, Verlander, Cole, like most of those World Series winning teams or contending teams do have that ace. Um, I mean, the Dodgers obviously have that too. And, you know, so that is, it's a great question. I I don't have a good answer. I mean, I think they can keep the Twins in pretty much every game they play, which wasn't the case in the playoffs last year. Um, But you are right. They don't have that clear-cut ace, and it's not, you know, how it's difficult to see them getting that ace at this point. Yeah. what do you? Th- I mean, do you see this as a team that still is that stud number one away from really being not just central favorites but World Series favorites? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's what separates them from the now the Dodgers and the Yankees, uh, maybe even the Astros. We'll see how much of a step they take back losing Cole and uh, getting caught cheating. But they are. This this Twins team is really really good, and I think they're going to go to the playoffs, barring some crazy catastrophe in the six month season. Um, that's a really good place to start. And if you're talking about preseason odds and projections and stuff like that, it, you, you'd, you'd be in a good spot if you just said, hey, they're probably runaway favorites in their division. That's, that's something a lot of teams in baseball would trade. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a narrative that you got to have that, you know, horse that uh, if, the, if the Nats had got knocked out by the Brewers, which they very easily could have, last year's postseason. I guess I don't know how much we're talking about starting pitching being the only thing that matters. Um, They also got some clutchy clutch performances, and it was just a great postseason for that team overall. My overall opinion, Jake, is you got to be a team that's there, and the Twins are more or less punching their ticket to being there. And now I'm curious to see how they stack up with some of these super teams. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fascinating regular season, and and hopefully postseason as well. And, you know, one thing I will take away from the last couple of weeks, do not rip the Twins for inaction in <laughs> early January yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I, uh, I really jumped the gun on that one. And, uh, boy, they have made some really shrewd moves in my view. Wow. Um, and this is, this is right at the top of the list. Even though, again, Gratterall is a very good prospect. It's tough to give him up. But 
to me, this is a win for the Twins, given where they are in their winning cycle. Are you saying we might have to revisit our December 10th off-season report cards for the Twins? I, I think we definitely need to revisit those, yes. Or <laughs> okay. maybe just put them directly in the recycling bin. <laughs> Never see them again. Straight through the shredder and into the recycling or compost bin. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Well, cool. Jake, thanks so much for jumping on this emergency episode of the Score North Twin Show. We'll let you get off, and we will uh, we'll have some spring training preview stuff coming the rest of the week and uh, pitchers and catchers report in one week. How's that sound? Things are looking up, Derek. Things are looking up. <laughs> We're going to make it through this winter, Jake. I know it. I know we are. So thanks again for doing this, man, and we'll talk to you on down the line soon. All right. Thanks, Derek. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local Federated Marketing Representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. All right, Twins fans, part two emergency episode of the Score North AL Central Champs Twins show. Derek Wetmore, Judd Zolgad with you. Judd, I was uh, I was at home perusing through Twitter. Actually, a full disclosure, I was about to watch Beverly Hills Cop for our good friend Rami Makhlouf when I learned <laughs> that the Twins were trading um, in part of a blockbuster deal that they won't even get talked about on the national headlines tomorrow because Mookie Betts is going to be a Dodger, mm. but the Twins, Judd, swoop in, trade pitching prospect Brewster Gratterall uh, to the Red Sox, basically, in this three-team deal. Reportedly, they're going to wind up with Dodgers pitcher Kenta Maeda. What was your reaction when you saw the news? I was absolutely shocked. And, and now I, I know I, I actually saw the news here tonight at the uh, Wild Blackhawks game. And I saw Twitter basically exploded. And there's a lot of upset Twins fans now. Um, I'm not upset, but the fact that they traded Bruzdar Gratterall, their top pitching prospect, Eric, and a guy who we've been talking about obviously for a long time, but more importantly, you know, Bruzdar was basically one of that group of people that we, I think it all come to the conclusion that there was a certain group that the Twins were not going to trade. And so his inclusion, when, when we saw, I initially saw the news that Kenta Maeda had been a part of the package to the Twins, and I'm like, okay, that makes some sense. And then I saw the return, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the first sign that uh, Falvey and Levine have given us, I believe, that they'll dip into this part of the prospect pool. And so it's not a negative reaction on my part. It's a, wow, they must really like this guy. And and I guess my question now is, not does this open the floodgates, because that's probably greedy and not realistic, but does this take us down a path of how they value prospects and trading prospects where where we've now gone from Derek, you know, two months back saying, are they going to do a thing? Right. Like they're signing, you know, Homer Bailey, right? And Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. And that's all well and good. But we all kept, I think we all got to the point of saying, are you going to get Josh 
Donaldson. Well, they did. Okay, are you going to make more moves? Well, they did. And it's gone from two months back saying, are you all in or not, to I think there's no question now without a shadow of a doubt, which if you're a Twins fan, you should actually be happy about uh, 2020. They are all in here. I mean, there's no question in my mind now that they've gone They've gone to a very different place because this is the one place I didn't think that they would go. And that is, as I said, like this top five prospect pool, which I thought was off limits, and obviously I was wrong. And so this, I think, really changes the conversation yeah. as the pitchers and catchers get set to report for spring training. It is amazing that one week to go before spring training, not only is Mookie Betts moving coasts, that part had been sort of whispered about for a while, but sure. that the Twins in the span of about a month, Judge, shattered the perception that they're not going to spend money on a big free agent, Josh Donaldson, mm-hmm. and now have shattered the perception that they're prospect hoarders. Yeah, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I thought to myself, okay, they'll trade prospects, but let's be realistic about it. And I was thinking they'll trade prospects, let's say starting with 6 through 10, right? But this is not 6 through 10. And, and I'm curious now, did they did they decide that Gratterall was going to be a bullpen guy and that he didn't have uh, enough pitches eventually to become a starter, so they didn't see that there for him? Uh, well, because they certainly called him up and got a good look or a decent look last year. But, again, if you're a Twins fan, I sort of don't understand how you can be really, really upset when the team has now made two moves in the last, what, Derek, three weeks? Yeah, I mean, that, it's... That, that scream, that essentially scream to the team, to Rocco Baldelli, to the fan base, no, we're going to go for it here. Yeah, this is a... Win now move. And that's, I think, the part that you got to like if you're a Twins fan. Even if, look, I understand if you're upset that Bruce Dork Ratterall is moving on because let's face it, 100 miles an hour, 100 mile an hour fastballs, even in today's game, Judd, those don't grow on trees. That's a, that's a, that's a real commodity and a difficult thing to replace for a young kid to have a big fastball like that. It's just a good starting spot in terms of being a pitching prospect. But I sort of look at it, and and I get what you're saying. You lump him in this top five group. You know, he's on the same plane as an Alex Kirilov, as a Royce Lewis, as a Trevor Larnick, as a Jordan Blazevich. But I think that there's a non-zero chance here, Judd, that the Twins are looking at Gratterall as, um, how do I put this? As he's got a high ceiling and low floor, if you know what I mean. That... uh, Let's just look at the forever future. He could be a stud pitcher in the big leagues, or he could just be kind of a nice reliever. I, th- I think that's sort of his his range of outcomes. That's all well and good, but what this trade to me says, we, dealing for a guy who's going to be 32 in April, I believe, Kenta Maeda, um, with yep. four years big league experience, and he's been, let's let's face it, he's been solid. He hasn't been you know, amazing. He's had great stretches, and he's obviously been an asset and a weapon to that Dodgers team, especially moving into the bullpen for the postseason. Interesting for the Twins. But what I think this move signals, and you hit the nail on the head, is we are willing to risk that future upside of Gratterall knowing that we're going to shore up our pitching staff for 2020, make ourselves AL Central favorites, 
And now I'm really curious to see if there's another July move, Judd, because I just got done talking with our friend Jake Depew about this is the deepest team in the American League Central, and it is yep. a, a pitching staff that has a bunch of, let's call them three starters, and a bunch of five starters or, or, or whatever. They've got, a, they've got sure. a solid depth of that type. But I don't look around, and I don't see a Max Scherzer. I don't see a prime Clayton Kershaw. I don't see a prime Pedro Martinez. So I wonder, Judd, do you think that a pitching staff that is deep with not necessarily those quote-unquote aces at the top, do you think that can yep. still win in October with a lineup this good? You know what? I think that that this this strikes me now as if you had asked me, Derek, three weeks back, are you going to be surprised if the Minnesota Twins make a trade between now and the trade deadline on July 31st for a top line starter? I would have honestly said yes. I would have said there's been no indications from this group that they are going to make a move like that. Well, that's changed now, right? Donaldson's been signed. You, you made a no matter how you feel about it, you made a very significant trade tonight in your mind, uh, I think, to solidify the third starter. So, yes, I think that there now becomes a very good chance because they are now basically screaming, we're in this for 2020, which I questioned. I didn't know. But these moves, to me, uh, take you down the path of a team that rightfully so looks at Josh Donaldson, looks at Nelson Cruz, looks at... Um, some aging potential very good players and says your time your window is right now it's not 2022 not 2023 so I would not be surprised one bit if this team looked and who knows now they might trade prospects now they did tonight right yeah so it's not going to shock me if they make one more move that is a splash move for what I don't know possibly could be a rental starter that they could uh, plug in at the top of the rotation. The other thing, too, as you know, though, is this club loves to go through the, the uh, I guess, what I would call the rubble of pitching, right? Yeah, and yes. they feel guys can develop or, or, and here's the other thing, too, to keep in mind, and I actually don't blame them for trying this. My guess is they are curious to see what type of uh, step Barrios takes from 2019 to 2020. Because, you know, Barrios at times in 2019 was damn good, right? And there were times where you said, ah, it seems like the pressure might be a little too much and he's not as great. But there were times when you, when I, you know, sat studio with you or with Phil and we talked about him becoming a true ace. And I would not, I would not at this point slam the door on that. So I think part of, of your question will be answered by his development as well this summer. But, you know, let's say he's good but not great. With the way that they're trending now, I'm going to be far less shocked if they dip back into that top five prospect pool and go get a big-time pitcher yes. uh, in July to plug in at the top of that rotation. Yeah, I agree. I think some people would be tempted to say, hang on, Wetmore, Zolgad, you guys are getting a little bit greedy here. They just got a pitcher. And by the way, even if the Twins, like if uh, Falvey wanted to call in on this late-night edition of uh, pre-taped Score North Twin Show, I don't know why yeah. he would, but you know we invite it. For future reference, Derek, if you do want to get on these, um, just let us know. You, If you have your people, contact our I'm booking sure agents. Confirm, I'm sure he would love to confirm a massive deal that is probably going to take three days yeah. to get done, right? Yeah, I th- and say, hey, we'll embargo this. We'll, <laughs> look, we, we won't, won't write a story. We won't talk about 
anything that you told us <laughs> about a deal that just sent Mookie Betts and David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers, Derek Falvey. The Don't world... worry, your secret's safe. <laughs> just, it's just us here. The uh, World Series favorite Dodgers, I think, depending on how this trade shakes out. But but so some people, Judd, would say, hey, you guys are being a little greedy. And even Falvey might say something like that of, hey, what do you want from us? We got Homer Bailey. We got Rich Hill. Michael Pineda's coming back. We got Jake Odorizzi on what looks like a team-friendly deal. And now we traded a, a, a possible stud pitching prospect, possible star pitcher, for a win-now type of pitcher. What what more do you want from us guys? And I would say, ah, 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 methinks thou doth protest too much, Judd. I learned that from you, that you have now enough assets. As I look around this team and I say, should win the Central, you, I think, on paper, are better than the Cleveland Indians and still better than the much-improved Chicago White Sox. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's see where you're at July 10th, July 15th, July 20th. But I also think you have enough depth now. You called it rubble. I think the Twins would call it something like quality depth or arms of guys that they really like. Just a lot of arms, Yeah, they're just just different shades of the same color gray, those two phrases. But I think you could sort of, um, what's the term I'm looking for, consolidate some of those numbers of arms and say, hey, look, we'll go quantity for quality all day on this thing and take a shot at the World Series. I really think that this kind of move puts the Twins in position to do that. And to your point, proves that they're not afraid to deal from their prospect cupboard. Yeah, and that is the first time, right? I mean, this is the first time where we've had... Well, yeah. It's it's almost cool now because I, I love the fact that there is a, it seems like a vocal, if not large, faction of Twins fans that are upset saying, how could you deal this guy? We've heard so much about this guy. In some ways, in some ways, it's a rope-a-dope and it's genius yes, yes. because this is what good franchises do. They they make their prospects into gods. Now, my question is, okay, what you do that, are you willing to trade them? And the fact that they do, uh, or that the fact that they did with uh, Gratterall tonight makes me happy because this is a this is a classic. It, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see now if Bruce Dar becomes great or he just throws hard and he's good or decent or what. But this is why you build these guys up, right? This is why you make them into these. Oh my gosh, it's Bruce Dar Gratterall. We barely seen him, but he must be an all star. And then you spin them. And the Red Sox right now are desperate. They're desperate for prospects. They're desperate to dump salary. So all of these things. In, in some ways, yes, there's a chance that Bruce Dargretterall becomes really good and it's a bad trade, but there's also a chance that they've done a great job of hyping their prospects, which I think is genius, and that Bruce Dargretterall is a very nice player, and that's where it ends. He's a nice player who we've been told is great because that's the narrative. Yep, I love it. I was going to ask you earlier, before we, we did get a little bit into the weeds on what this means for the 2020 Twins and their chance to win the World Series and uh, all that, I had kind of wondered, Judd, as we started talking here tonight, how much of this is posturing and how much of this is they just, maybe they did decide that Gratterall's not going to be, you know, they've got all their advanced metrics. They're going to project forward. They're going to look at him as what's the chance he gets injured? What's the chance he stays healthy and is just dominant or, or adds a third pitch and is a starter? Like they have thought long and hard about what this guy's future is going to look like. And the fact that they're willing to jump in on a three-team trade like this, that they were not compelled to jump into, um, there was no deadline, there was no pressure on the Twins here. Um, it's it's interesting to me. It made me wonder if there had been any posturing on what they think of this guy and possibly how good he's going to be in the immediate term and into the future too. And I think you're probably right. And I think and it the fun thing is, you know what? Ten years from now, we're, we're going to be sitting around a bar saying, all right, 
who is the third team again on the Boston Dodgers trade for Mookie Betts? And it was finally the Twins. And at first I thought, okay, they, they like facilitated something, right? Or they, they did something small. And then when that news broke, so tell me this now, too. The rotation. Barrios, yeah. one, right? Odorizzi, two. Yep. Um, Kenta Maeda, three. How big in your mind is the gap between uh, Kenta Maeda and, you know, Homer Bailey, uh, Pineda possibly, at, at least when he first comes back in May from the suspension? Uh, how big do you think the divide is between those top three pitchers and the rest of these guys who are, are going to pitch eventually and or were signed, and you think to yourself, they might be okay. Sure. But I had a really hard time when Bailey signed saying, I'm really comfortable opening day with Bailey being my third guy, and I've got to tell you, I'm pretty delighted from the twin standpoint yeah. that he's not now, because I think he slots in fine now. Sure. Well, so My whole thing in pitching life is guys need to slot in the right place, Yes, and now I think... A guy like Homer Bailey probably slots in the right place. Yeah, I. So there are a couple different ways I could answer that question, and I think let's let's answer it the way. Let's put on twins colored glasses here for a second, and this That's, is what uh, listeners of Scorners Twin Show. Maybe you're thinking this. Maybe maybe we're exactly on the same page here. If everybody achieves their best possible outcome in 2020, specifically on the pitching staff side, I think it's neck and neck. Jake Odorizzi and Jose Barrios for the best pitcher on the staff, uh, starting staff, yep. I should say. And then I think it's uh, – should I throw Rich Hill into this, Judd? Because I know that's a big question for you. No, okay. I think I, – I Let's think ignore him for now. Shouldn't. Yeah. Let's ignore him for now. It's gravy yep. when he comes back, and maybe he provides a nice lift for you. Um, ahead of the trade deadline, that's great. And into the postseason, awesome. Let's assume he's not going to pitch for now. Yep, let's ignore him because now they do have the depth where you can you can still play that game and say, hey, even if he doesn't give them an inning, they might still win the Central, and they might win it going away. So to get back to my twins-colored glasses for a second, Jose okay. and Jake duke it out for top of the rotation. One of them makes the opening day start. One of them follows that up. After that, I go Pineda, Homer Bailey, Kenta Maeda, only because Homer Bailey had a great post-trade deadline, and Derek Falvey has said time and time again that they think that they can not only regain that or retain that gain, but they can build off of that. So, look, they've bought a little bit of benefit of the doubt with me just in how they've overhauled some pitchers and their pitch mix and their mechanics and got some more velocity out of guys that shouldn't have it. So I'm willing to be patient and wait and see which Homer Bailey we get. But I think that's uh, I think that's a compliment to, uh, let's say it's a compliment to their new acquisition, Kenta Maeda, to be in that same sort of mix with guys. This has been a quietly very good pitcher in his career. I don't think he has, you know... Uh, Max Scherzer upside to be a force for 200 innings, but I don't think that's what you're trading for. I think that the Twins quietly have several very good options to be mid-rotation starters, and if things really break their way, then I mentioned there's a little bit more upside on the front end. I want to say quickly, too, the the middle-tier outcome might change that ranking, Judd, but it wouldn't be crazy. I'd go Barrios, Odorizzi, um, Pineda, then probably Maeda because he's got that sort of higher floor, I think, than a Homer Bailey, than a Rich Hill, than a Randy Dobnik, Devin Smeltzer, Lewis Thorpe. I put him comfortably ahead of those guys if everyone's just sort of their middle-tier outcome. Right. So do, do you think opening day that Maeda is 
third then, or, or do you think he's behind Bailey on opening day as um, far as the rotation goes? Well, if you go track record and that weighs into it, I probably have Maeda third ahead of Homer Bailey. It's just going to be— I think with this trade, he's going to be. Yeah, like, I, think I think it's think tough to see. sort of mandates that. Um, yeah, but these guys don't care about appearances so much. You know, they were—they yeah, went into an— but don't you think they give up Gratterall based on, on on the fact that they see this guy as a quality third starter to start the I, year? I think they gave up Gratterall saying we're going to get 25 good starts of a solid guy who's just pretty likely to be a 4 ERA or better. I, I think this is really about locking in the floor, just like Josh Donaldson was. Like, this offense, Judd, we talked about this a week ago, two weeks ago. This was going to be a great offense with or without Josh Donaldson, in my opinion. Adding Donaldson not only helps you raise the ceiling of how good you possibly could be, but super importantly for a Twins team that won 101 games last year, I think it also raises the level of what's the worst-case scenario. That, to me, is the exact same thing that Kenta Maeda does for the pitching staff. What's the worst outcome here if uh, you know if Taylor Rogers goes backwards or whatever, Tyler Duffy's not sure. a star like he was late last year? Well, the worst-case scenario now is you got a bunch of veteran guys who— have logged good big league innings, and they sort of mitigate any damage that could be done with, uh, well, regression or injury or anything like that. The Twins are just going to have a pretty solid pitching staff, just about no matter what happens here. Exactly. You know what? And and God bless Dobnik, right? I mean, he seems like a great guy. seems like, but I'm sorry. that the, the thought of him definitely being in the rotation on opening day of some sort, to me, like, for sure, I just thought to myself, okay, if you're going to be a World Series contender, which this team should be, I, this team has the ability to be that. That, that seemed like such a stretch to, uh, to me. And the moves of the past three weeks or month or so have so changed that now, where, yes, you, you have the luxury of giving these guys an opportunity. Uh, but, you know, with the acquisition of Donaldson too, Derek, you've improved your defense a lot, a ton probably. Uh, the, the clubhouse dynamic, which we've talked about quite a bit yeah. on uh, Twins podcast becomes a key as well in a good way uh, potentially there and so this all again i will say this i am shocked that they traded a top pitching prospect i really am i didn't see it coming i didn't think that there was a way that they were going to do it especially not now uh but that being said i also have respect for the fact that they clearly identified where this team is, is at and yes this team has upside too. This team could be good for five years. I don't know, right? Sure. Yeah. But I told you this. I told you this a month and a half ago. To me, the worst hubris in sports is saying our window is open. It's open <laughs> for five. You know, no, we're going to target a World Series in 2024, 2023. It drives yeah. me crazy because it's like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't right. know who's going right. to get old. You know, Nelson Cruz ain't going to play till he's fifty. Um, and so I do. I I find it very hard then to out of the other side of my mouth criticize them for making this move because this move does indicate to me that Falvey, Levine, and Zolgat are all on the same page. <laughs> the and it's important. It's yes. important. Sports dad. Sports dad needs to know that these guys recognize it. <laughs> Life lesson. I do wonder how much they were pushed to the, hey, we were on the brink of this trade. But as soon as Zolgad said he was a little nervous about our opening day rotation, it was like, hey, get the Dodgers on the phone. Get the Red Sox on the phone. Let's make this happen. Stat. How much do you think? Do you think that Mookie Betts was dangling there during any part of this conversation for the Twins? And they were like, 
And the twins were like, really interesting. Mookie, a year of Mookie bets. Do you think that there were? Do you think that this this three team conversation ever was going on with Mookie bets or price being dangled? And I'm not saying it was going to happen. Okay. But do you think there was ever a moment where the conversation turned to, hey, Minnesota, do you want him? I'll give you a short answer, Judd. Absolutely. Yes, I think that I know has you to be were, explored. You, were, you wrote months ago, go get Mookie Betts. Right, and it has to be explored. And we'll see what the as the dust settles on this. Like, we're doing this, you know, what, an hour after news of the trade broke. And so I'm I'm really curious to see what the total pieces are in all three corners of this. It looks like there was another sort of ancillary trade between the Dodgers and Angels here tonight, too. Just reports just pouring in on Twitter.com about a crazy day in Major League Baseball one week before pitchers and catchers report to spring training. But to answer your question as succinctly as I can, Judd, absolutely, I think that the Twins were... Uh, at least discussing internally what that would look like, the parameters of a trade that would bring a superstar in and or, by the way, bring in an offset cost veteran, David Price, who's an injury risk on his own but has had some mighty fine performances as recently as 2018. I think the Twins, uh, I think they cast a very, very wide net, and I think that's more than just uh, GM lip service this winter. Well, that that's... Uh... Great stuff. My only question now is, because I'm sure this trade is so intricate um, outside of the Twins' probably involvement, but just between the Dodgers and Red Sox, how long is it going to take before the deal is officially announced? Because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of contracts here. There's a lot of physicals. It's going to take probably, what, a a few days before we actually see a a press release or or get a press conference or an official announcement uh, from the Twins brass as well. Well, I saw a tweet from Joel Sherman, who covers uh, New York baseball teams for the Post, and uh, he said... Uh, it was referencing the Twins' involvement, and he said he knew the Twins were looking for pitching this winter. And he said, uh, no word yet on if Dodgers stud pitching prospect Dustin May is involved. And you know who that is right up? He's the guy the the with the ginger afro, and he's like one of the yeah. star pitching prospects in all of baseball. And I got to say, Judd, I'm an impartial observer to this stuff. Like, the Twins being good is good for my business, so that's awesome. But yeah. I was like... Oh, giddy up if the Twins were to pull that off. It turns out it was something a little bit lower than that, of course. So thanks for the reckless speculation, Mr. Sherman. But I got to say, Judd, like this this deal is an exciting way to kick off spring training for the Twins, for their fans, for us on the Twins show. And I think that like it almost makes the regular season seem... Uh, like just just a fun exercise, not a battle, not a grind, not a you got to overthrow the Indians like you had to a year ago. I think it's like, hey, you're the big boys now. All that's yeah, left to do. Too, don't get too comfortable. I know. Trust me. Too comfortable. Famous last words. People get hurt. Weird things happen. It's the reason you know I'm this saying does? this. But you know what this does? Yeah. A month ago, I was saying, and I think I, I was right. Look at the White Sox are doing. I mean, the White Sox made a ton of moves, right? And the White Sox look like they have definitely improved themselves. I don't think Cleveland is great, but Cleveland does have pitching. But you're right. The Twins have, at least going into uh, the spring and after that opening day, the Twins have reestablished themselves now to me as solid favorites in the division. Yeah. And more more importantly, they have, and it might work, it might not work, but they have served notice that they are cognizant of the fact 
that being swept out of the playoffs in three games by the Yankees in the first round last year was not okay. Yeah. And it, it at least looks like now that, that they're not only going to try to win the division again, which they should, but more importantly then take that next step as well and give themselves a fighting chance to win a playoff series or two and make a run. And that's why, to go back to your question, mm-hmm. that's why I think if Brios is good but not great, that there is now a very good chance this team makes a a move for a rental starting pitcher mm-hmm. at the top of that rotation who could cause quite a bit of, of excitement. Because I don't think you now go, I don't think you make these moves and get this far to get cold feet. And say, let's see what happens with Pineda. <laughs> you know, maybe. Well, yeah, well, they've got, but I mean, seriously, they've got all of, they basically have all of these sort of classic cars in, in the garage, right? Sure, yeah. The Rich Hill car, the Pineda car, the Homer Bailey car. And they're not bad cars, but they're sort of, and, and the twins like this, they're fixer uppers, right? Okay. They've got flaws. So okay. They're trying to fix them up. But I don't think that you get to this point now to be like, well, Pineda's got to work or Rich Hill has to work. I think if you don't see the progress that you want now, and and the gradual trade uh, sort of um, sets the wheels in motion for you to say in July, for instance, pitcher X is out there. It's going to cost us a prospect we don't want to trade. But we didn't make all of these moves in um, January and February not to make this trade. Yeah. So I I I, I think we are. I'll say this cautiously, and I know I know. right now fans are like, oh, Zolgad, he's on the Twins' payroll. They must love the poll ads. Cautious, <laughs> cautiously, I will say, this is the first time in a long time I've had a reason for optimism that this team is not going to just be like, oh, we're good, this is cute. As, as Thad Levine told us on the afternoon show a couple weeks ago, you know, that cute Twins narrative of, oh, we like the Twins, we're glad they're good. Well, bleep that. You actually want people to hate you because that means you're really good. Yep, yep. And now you've got a pitching staff who, again, is not going to be the top staff in the league, but is going to be competent, should get you through the games. Um, and the reason I say that like they should be just easy favorites in the AL Central is because it's sports, man. We don't know. You you, you have oh, no right. idea. There's way too many wild outcomes. I'm not saying that uh, you know the regular season is just uh, we're marking time here, waiting for October 1, but it, you know, you could be forgiven if it felt a little bit like that, especially Judd. I think we're agreeing that if if the Indians do dump some stars, like all right, that's next. Let's see, two thousand twenty-one, right? But then it's the White Sox, probably. Yeah, that's it's going to be a fun division race. So let me ask you this: as we wrap up this emergency podcast on the what did I call it earlier? Score North AL Central champions hoping to defend their crown went and got Josh Donaldson and now just traded a stud pitching prospect for Kenta Maeda Twins show. Um, whew, that was a mouthful. That's a lot. That's a lot. Here, so here's my question, Judd, and take it any way you want to. It's as loaded as you want it to be. And if you want to borrow this for shows tomorrow, it's a fun uh, it's a fun talker to jump into some bigger discussions. Who starts Game Three of the ALDS for your Minnesota Twins? Oh, that's boy! Think about all the different routes you could take that question. You know who it won't be? Odorizzi, because this time he could start Game Two. Um, <laughs> because I didn't have to start poor Dominic in Game Two at Yankee Stadium this time around. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go. Okay, that's that's a good one. <sighs> Kenta Maeda could move to the bullpen. Pineda probably doesn't move to the bullpen. I'm not. I, I don't know if Homer Bailey 
continues to turn around completely throughout the entire season. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, and I didn't agree with bringing this guy back, but I'm going to say it's going to be Michael Pineda. Big Mike. Interesting. I thought you might go and try to add a pitcher to the Twins uh, <laughs> on July 31st. Oh, I and... thought you were asking me current, current <laughs> construction. Uh, no, you can take no. it any way you want to, Judd. Yeah, no, you know what? I am... Here's my thing, is the Burrios thing intrigues me, Derek, beyond belief, because there are times I love that kid. Like, there are times where, where we've sat in the press box at Target Field to watch him pitch, and we've both been like, wow, yeah. there's a lot there. I'm not convinced he's done yet. I'm really not. I might be wrong. He might be, as, or I, I shouldn't say done. I'm not convinced that he has hit his ceiling yet, sure. okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I really think that if he takes that next step, and I, I, I think that they're curious to see this, I don't think it's a pipe dream. Uh, if he takes that next step, that he could establish himself as 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 close to an ace as they could possibly get. And so, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Game one, Barrios. Game two, Odorizzi. Game three, Michael Pineda. Of course, assuming he's not suspended again. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to had to slip that little well, uh, that. yeah had to slip that little knife in between the ribs there as the you uh, closing in, remark in game three. Uh, well, just to be difficult, um, I was gonna say Jose Barrios, but just to be difficult and to have a fun uh, cliffhanger for the end of this twin show. How about Matthew Boyd? Oh, you're going with the Detroit. <laughs> Get the Tigers lefty on trade, the mound. Man. Yeah. AL Central tax. I hope you're willing to pay the AL Central tax. Looks like the Twins are willing to move prospects, maybe even a win now player. Get some uh, consolidated pitching on the roster. This could be fun. 2026, you lose the Central by a game because Alex Kirloff homers for the Tigers. <laughs> See what uh, you've done? Yeah, that's true. Well, if you're a Twins fan, hopefully he hits those home runs in the direction of those two World Series flags out there in left field. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Great Good stuff. stuff hey, Judd, thanks for coming on on this emergency episode of the Twins Show. I'm sure we'll talk to you tomorrow with plenty more on this big Twins trade. Sounds awesome. Talk to you, Derek. Cheers. Bye-bye. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.